0: Welcome to this week's episode of Thriving Through Menopause with me, Clarissa, and today we're going to talk about a topic that is incredibly relevant to menopause, and that is feminism. Those of you that listen to my program here, listen and r- or read anything I say, you will know that I go on about patriarchy like <laughs> there is no because it matters to women and menopause Mm. we are routinely gaslit by the medical community Mm -hmm. we have doctors who don't have the right research data and knowledge to Mm -hmm. help us Mm -hmm. we are facing issues at work when we're menopausal so really feminism and standing up for ourselves in a completely new way is critical if we're going to thrive through this and into the next phase of our life yes and so i'm absolutely delighted to have joined me today a real equity warrior as she (laughs) calls herself uh, leslie michaels welcome to the show
1: thank you clarissa and thank you so much for having me it's truly an honor
0: it's a pleasure to have you here i mean you're not only an equity warrior, but you are a speaker, an entrepreneur, a transformational coach, and author of On the Shoulders of Mighty Women, which I'm really looking forward to learning much more about. I have a few. Leslie, hats. I mean, you've really <laughs> worked. Yeah, you do wear a few I have hats. You have <laughs> indeed, which I which I really love. You know, I think I think because women were pretty good at that. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you've worked a lot on the, you know, that space of where women are challenged, where their voices aren't heard, and people who are much more marginalized. Mm-hmm. How did you come really to be working in that space?
1: I was born to it, Clarissa, honestly. Um, I had the most audacious Paternal grandmother who was a suffragette, the second wave of suffragettes, because there were two waves. We won't get into the data and details, but there were two. And she was a powerhouse and she did not want to be a farm wife. And so she convinced the young man who'd been courting to elope to another state because she was 15. She was on the verge of being an old maid at that point. Yes, back in those days. And over the years, the woman who became her best friend was the bank owner's daughter. And my grandmother ended up owning her own business and her own home in her own name in the early 1940s in spite of laws prohibiting female ownership of physical assets in every state in the United States. And so she was my first hero, and I just kept going from there.
0: Fabulous. I love that. And I think I can relate to that because I had a very strong grandmother Mm -hmm. who lived to be 104. She was a phenomenal woman. Um, And I had my grandfather had a cousin and she was, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) who is all we can say. She went to medical school when women didn't go to medical school. She... Pushed her way through. She was still working in medicine at eighty. She could move faster up a hill than any of us could. Bravo, she immigrated Bravo. to Canada at ninety-two. You know, yes. she was she was just going bombing around in a purple sports car. You know, she, you know these women believed that they could stand up for themselves, move forward, create careers, and so I think all, a lot of us probably can feel we're related to these strong women. Yes. So we're not the generation are we Leslie? No
1: we're not we're
0: not. Indeed we're not but um, you know we to talk about feminism and I think feminism is evolving if I'm if my understanding of is it right it's starting to change quite a bit from maybe what we thought of the 1960s um, but what does modern feminism really encompass?
1: I love that you asked this question because daily I am trying to help people understand what feminism is. They have so many false uh, perceptions based on media and particularly the media that's not pro-feminist, but feminism, it's very simple. A feminist is someone who believes in the equal rights of every human and feminism is the pursuit of that now because the movement has been led by women it has been falsely labeled as being man haters or women who want to overturn the entire world and put women only in charge that could not be more incorrect what we want is parity we want all of us at the table And we want to make sure that when women are at the table, that they are not being paid only 33.724% of what the men are. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And that is incredibly pertinent. And I, I mean, I lived in the, I was born in the UK. I lived in Australia and then I came to Sweden and thought, oh yes. And the first thing I learned was, "Mm, No women are still starting on lower wages than men after new migrants to the country women are the poorest pensioners in sweden really and that's a country that whole yeah and we have a very strong feminist party here And I heard Gudrun speak Mm -hmm. and the statistics and the fact, you know, that she put out shocked me really because Mm -hmm. we've been led to believe certain things, but women are still taking time off much more to care for children, for elderly parents. And so it goes and so it goes. And so when they come to retirement age, they're far less well off than a man is. And that Mm. is
1: a big, big issue. The burden of unpaid labor on women. Now, I'm going to use U.S. statistics, but I am sure that they are equally disparaging in every country. But during 2020, now, bear in mind, we were all in lockdown during 2020. But even in lockdown, the number of hours that women did not get paid for work they did. The burden of unpaid labor was 1.4 trillion, that's with a T trillion dollars in the US. This is quite literally robbing money out of the pockets of women. And because over 73% of women are single parents, it's robbing money out of the pockets and the lifestyle of these children.
0: Wow. That it's just it's kind of unfathomable at some it's, stage when you say it. Mm-hmm. Um and it just shows how unequal yes. our society is. Uh, shock shockingly so. Yes. And you know, I, I think that unpaid labour, Leslie, doesn't just mean home related duties, but the things that women do at work that they don't get paid for and they don't get promoted for. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. It, it is a mm-hmm.
1: shocking number. And I've been accused of being a, a data geek. I'm not going to deny that. But the reason I like to say the numbers is because it is shocking to women. We all know that we are being treated unequally. We all know there's a disparity, but when I can say those numbers to a woman and and they're startled, hopefully they are startled into more assertive action on behalf of themselves and all women.
0: I hope so. I I really hope that, you know, these things trigger. I think there's been more conversation, hasn't there, globally Mm -hmm. about this? Yes. but, but the numbers are, are, are shocking. And, I mean, what is the way forward? How do we change some of these things?
1: Well, of course, I have my ideas. They are just my ideas. But they were born with my grandmother and her friend. Men have always had the secret handshake and the old boys club. And it has served them well. I do not begrudge them that. They were smart to develop that. Women, on the other hand, have allowed themselves to be indoctrinated by the patriarchy, and they are, we are walking around with internalized misogyny. And so we are pushing away from other women. We have moved into a highly competitive stance with other women. And this is beating the patriarchy. This is not doing anything for us, not one. Thing for us, and so my soapbox. I'll just claim it, it's my soapbox. Um, my soapbox is stop, okay, ladies. Stop, we must stop fighting amongst each other, we must start lifting one with us as we rise. We are not going to follow the exact model of the secret handshake in the all boys network because we are women, we do things differently. I think we do things in a superior way. And as soon as we get started in a momentum of lifting one with us and stopping the infighting among women, there will be no possibility of containing us in the small boxes to which we've been allotted.
0: (laughs) That is is very true. And I think that stopping fighting is something that I think is very dear to my heart and I see it really in this menopause space mm-hmm. um, that we have decamped into, into these sort of oppositional groups. Yes. Of, you know, particularly around things like hormone therapy. It's really... And it's really toxic. It is. Where one group is like, you know, without hormone therapy, that's it, you're going to die, you're a bad woman. and And yes. actually attacking women who who have been told for example by their oncologist mm-hmm. that they can't take hormone therapy yet they still attack them and then the other group are all about natural and and they're just fighting i, I think it's a bit like cats in a bag I and mean, you're right patriarchy wins when women fight each other because That's right they retain the upper hand and mm-hmm. they can say oh At you Mm -hmm. see, they're not responsible adults because that's their kind of mindset. I think that's
1: their power stance. And we need to all, in my not so humble opinion, we need to bring all of our toys. Okay, you learned this from the traditional medical establishment, you learned this from your naturopath, you learned this from your homeopathic physician. Let's bring all our toys, put them on the table. Everybody look at them and see what works. Maybe it's a combination of things. Mm-hmm. Let's not drive those hard lines that men draw. Let's come together. let's come let's converse. let's communicate. let's support each other. Let's educate each other instead of, as you say, these oppositional stances.
0: yes, because because we don't change anything, no. And actually, the women we want to serve as, as however we're working in this space are the ones that then don't get the best yes. of what is available. And men don't want to change the status quo, do oh they, Leslie? Goodness,
1: goodness.
0: Now, now, wait a minute. I will not say men
1: across the board. Men who are no. engaged and committed to the patriarchy don't. Now, I don't know how it is in Sweden. Uh, I do know that in the UK, there are not as many men jumping up, calling themselves feminists. Because of this severe legislation just that just happened in the US regarding a woman's right to her own bodily autonomy, there are men jumping up with very loud voices, speaking from their full chest in support of women's rights. On every level, and particularly on a medical level, and so that's a that's a positive sign.
0: Yes, yes, it is, and I think in the in the UK, it's a bit mixed. Yes, I, you know, from my own experience here in Sweden, it's a bit silent. Is probably what I would say. You know, I think that women made tremendous progress through the 60s and 70s. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that feels to me, who was away for a long time and came back, mm-hmm. it stalled. Ah, it yes. stalled when women um, started to, you know, become more open to the internet. I think the internet has had a lot to do with stalling this sort of view of this strong, powerful women And I think what's happened is that that's become more of an aggressive stance Mm -hmm. rather than a strong, powerful women-only stance. Yes. And and men still behave incredibly badly in meetings. Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen. Mm -hmm. They make inappropriate comments. Mm -hmm. They might get pulled up a little bit more than they would in the UK or in Australia. But yeah. It's it's all there. It hasn't been fully broken uh, at all. Absolutely, and
1: I would I would go so far as to say it's it's stalled worldwide. I was in New York in the middle of the early '70s when we were fighting for the Equal Rights Amendment, and there was such an energy about it. But then there was this phenomenon. All of a sudden, we needed to buy groceries. And we all went to work, and and we stalled, and we didn't devote as much energy and time, and we stalled to our detriment. And now I believe we're all coming back to the table. I uh, I like to say, and and it's it seems a revolutionary concept to so many women that we are the first generation of women to live long enough, be strong enough, vital enough, healthy enough to pick up. Where we left off and push forward for ourselves and for all women. And I love that. I love being part of this generation.
0: Yeah. I think that feels like there's real hope and, and a real future for women, doesn't yes. there, Leslie? Um, how do you think that future's looking or likely to play out from where we are today?
1: Yeah. From where we are today, Um, Well, anytime there is a transformation, it's messy. It doesn't matter what the transformation is or what area of life, it gets messy. And I believe we're right on the verge of that highest point of messiness. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I I believe it's really important for women To start getting focused, to maintain their focus, to maintain a circle of women within which they can support each other to stay focused. And that this will, this is what will keep us from staying on point, staying on task. And then everybody else, including all the men, can run around, around us, pulling their hair out and being very upset but if we have these circles of women what i call strategic alliances of women we can use that as our power base to maintain our strength and to use it to move forward i have a great deal of hope i'm a hopeful person
0: <laughs> i think and i think that's true i mean i think i'm seeing in the menopause movement these really strong gen x women uh-huh. who are not accepting yes. um, being brushed off, who are coming more prepared and saying, I'm experiencing X, Y, Z. I want you, my clinician, or you, my workplace, Isn't it? to listen to me, to yes. take me more seriously. I mean, there's huge, huge um, roads still to travel, yes. but I think this is much more the generation who were, uh, instrumental in me too yes uh and those things and i think that's flowing beyond that isn't it it yeah. is it is and then there are a
1: few of us old fronts who are who were the the youngest end of end of the baby boomers and who were out there fighting the fight all the way back in the 60s and the 70s and we're still here and um and we're reaching out we're reaching out to every to the gen x to the millennials and to the gen z's who are absolutely phenomenal
0: they are as a mother of gen z i can agree with that yes one of the things though i think is maybe worth us discussing is that how does this movement become more inclusive because you know shall we say, privileged white women are leading the way, how do we ensure that women of color and transgender people are also brought into this, uh, shall we call it, modern feminist movement?
1: (laughs) Well, in terms of black women specifically, but really all women of color, but most specifically black women, they have fought the fight long before we are and they have fought much harder than we have. And my perspective is, it's their turn to take a seat. Not to not have a voice, but to take a seat because they've worked so hard and they should be able to put their feet up for a while. And it is up to us as white women to get out there and to be the leaders and to be willing to fight as hard, for them and for all of us as they fought for all of us for a very long time. And then as far as the LGBTQIA community, we must we must be in an awareness of them. And how do we bring them in? The one thing I would say, and I'm sure there are many ways, but the one thing I would say is, listen, Acknowledge we know very little Mm. and start those conversations from the perspective of wanting to learn and wanting to hear what it is they need and wanting to hear what it is they feel they lack and where it is they feel they are being disparaged. And the more we listen, then the more we will understand, particularly when we come back to our circles of women and reinforce our strength we will understand how to collectively support these other communities these marginalized communities
0: yeah yeah i yes and and just list listening to their lived yes. experiences yes is incredibly important I'm, i mean i can say in menopause that there is now um the menopause inclusive collection which has gone um Global. Brilliant. And that's really did, lifted my heart. I was the first global person, I was the first non-British person, but that's also brought into the fold not just women of color or people from the LGBTQIA, but also women who are autistic, yes, ADHD. yes. Um, we're seeing more conversation about women who have HIV. I mean, who yes. would have thought those women would have been lived to be menopausal? So that inclusion and diversity yes. is 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 much bigger yes. than I think we have even considered until this point Mm -hmm.
1: i love the fact that you say that inclusion and diversity so often when we see it written or read it or we hear it it's diversity and inclusion diversity does not beget inclusion but inclusion will always beget diversity so we must start with inclusion i love that you start with inclusion
0: in, indeed, uh, and I think we have to, like you said, we have to listen. We have to know and acknowledge that we know and cannot do more than listen. Because what do I know about that lived experience? I right. don't right. know anything about that because the context is is just different. It is different, and um, and and I. Probably would say, and I think it was a really. I'll tell this little story if you don't mind. I had to have one of the ladies in the Inclusion Collective is autistic, mm. and she um, had an incident where she was arrested by the police mm. uh, for you know a, a misdemeanor. I say. You know, I think her you know her brain just went as they sometimes do on its own track. Right, and I have an autistic steps on so I sometimes get to see that things don't always are not always working in, in the way we would expect There, and she became quite aggressive and they yeah. arrested her now and she said that if she had not been a white educated relatively articulate woman it, things would have just gone really bad her autism would barely have been acknowledged and she would have found herself in Uh, A very sticky system, possibly requiring, maybe not imprisonment, but certainly some kind of black mark against her name. And it really brings that to the fore that, you know, we are privileged and we can help to lead things so much and pave the way for opening up even dialogue about things Absolutely. like menopause and autism. Absolutely. Because we we can help to do that more easily with authority. Unfortunately, that's the way the world works. But, you know, Rosie telling that story was, you know, phenomenal conversation and about autism and menopause and how that's met. How
1: incredibly courageous for her to be vulnerable and share that story so that others could benefit that that is to be applauded and and respected yeah she, i she's like a to pretty say, phenomenal
0: woman she i, I like to say <laughs> yeah, and I i'm, like I'm known
1: for saying how are you going to use your privilege to enhance someone else's life today how are you going to use your privilege to enhance someone else's life today yeah. Because I don't know how it is in Sweden, but over here, um I a lot of people bulk when I say, "Oh well, I don't have privilege, really? you look white to me,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's the whole conversation, yes.
0: yeah, yeah, I mean that we have incredible, incredible privilege, yes, that we don't understand until we actually listen to other people and what they experience. And the difficulties they meet with everything. I was like, you know, everything in the job market Mm -hmm. and the workforce, you know, in in getting the treatment they need at their clinicians, they face such a bigger hill a mountain to mm-hmm. climb over. They do. That we already start here. We start at that's right at higher up. You know, we're already or you're already there. Mm-hmm. So the chance is a relatively articulate, educated woman will will be more likely to be heard than somebody who, who isn't. Yes. Particularly if you're like,
1: somewhat that. relentless. Yeah so yes yes
0: <laughs> it's very true so that i love that how can i use my privilege yeah and i and i encourage my my listeners to think how can you use your privilege mm-hmm.
1: today unattended privilege becomes entitlement and that helps no one no no
0: certainly does not so you know, you've written a wonderful book, too, which I believe is, you know, on the shoulders of strong, or mighty women. Yes. Mighty yeah. women is an amazing way to describe that. Um, what encouraged you to actually write that book?
1: Funny, sideways way of getting there, which is the story of my life. Um, it had been in me for all my life. I always imagined I would write it. Several year, times in the previous years, I thought, hmm, must have missed that turn. I guess I'm not going to do it. And then COVID hit. I knew I was going to be in lockdown for two years and I wasn't going to sit around and eat buns, So I wrote the book. I finally wrote the book. And I am so pleased that I did that for myself. And I am pleased for the feedback I'm hearing that it is helping and educating and inspiring others.
0: That's wonderful. I love I love that. And is it available on Amazon and
1: Absolutely. all other bookstores? Yes, it's available. Kindle, softcover,
0: hardcover. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, that that's really, really good. So we'll be putting that link in the show notes so people can... Connect and read the book. And, you know, COVID really did sometimes bring some good things, didn't it? It did.
1: It did. And when people read the book, women particularly, I hope they find themselves, I hope they find themselves in that book. Because mm. the mighty women, from my perspective, are the women who do step up and speak up. It's not just this woman or that. It's not just the famous ones of the celebrities or the one with the big stage. It is every single woman who steps up and speaks up.
0: Yeah, I think that is a great message. And it's a message to all of us that we can put our voice to whatever area it is that we need support in in our in our respective countries around the world, and to step up because everybody's voice matters. And you said it's like breaking down those silos, yes. And suddenly there's a collective, stronger, cross generational, inclusive voice, which is powerful. It is. I, look at yourself, Clarissa. You are the mighty <laughs>
1: woman of menopause. Look at how many women. <laughs> You are giving voice to, and giving validation to, and giving permission to. You are a standard yeah. that
0: others look to. You know, and that. Yeah, thank you. I'm very touched by that. As as are you in your in your championing that we are here to to serve and to allow others to feel their voices are heard, even if they don't write a book, have a podcast, or do whatever. We are there to support them. And, you know, personally, I think to put an end to the division and the gaslighting for which too many of us have been subjected, uh, myself included. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. And to take responsibility for to notice when we are operating from the internalized misogyny that was trained to us from the time we were in nappies, yeah, to notice it because the minute we notice it, it's disempowered
0: very true <laughs> and that's the same as we say and when we're working with people in psychotherapy when your inner critic is noticed, it's disempowered that's right. it's the same with the
1: the misogyny
0: when we notice that it doesn't hold sway but it is deep roots isn't it yeah it is deep roots and there's one thing i like women
1: to understand is there's absolutely no shame there's no shame whatsoever in noticing that you have internalized misogyny you know what it means if you have internalized misogyny it means you were born a (laughs) woman in in this world
0: that's all it means It's not a conviction of a crime. No, no. And the rules and the norms that we have been told, the shoulds, the musts, the oughts, the Mm gots, are not necessarily those, are they? No, they are not. They are not. (laughs) Leslie, it has been a pleasure talking to you and, and a small snapshot into modern feminism. If you had one single message to close this with for the listeners, what would that be?
1: I would invite every woman when they wake up, we all do the same thing when we wake up. We go immediately to the bathroom. I would invite women to get in a pattern of letting that first thought that moves through their mind be What will I be inspired by today? Because it focuses the mind in to look for those things, even when you're not paying attention. What will I be inspired by today?
0: Oh, wow. That has definitely going in my first thought of the day. That is beautiful. Leslie, where can people get a hold of you? Connect with the work that you do.
1: LeslieMichaels.com. Now, I will say, because my mom is British, for any of you who are listening from the US, it's L E S L E Y Michaels.com. Mm-hmm. And that will connect you to my podcast, my books, my speaking engagements, my teaching platforms. Whatever I do, you could go to LeslieMichaels.com and I'll find you'll find your way to it.
0: That is beautiful. Well, obviously that along with the link to your book will go in the show notes.
1: Thank you. It has Thank been you a so pleasure. much for that, Clarissa.
0: It is my pleasure. And it has been a pleasure to have you here sharing insight, wisdom, and inspiration to my listeners that, you know, we really have so much power and we can really change things for ourselves and future generations well thank thank you you for having me and thank you for all you are doing for being
1: that menopause warrior thank you for your commitment thank you thank you so much for those kind words